welcome to Under the Dome, the State Journal Register's podcast about Illinois politics and government. I'm SJR political writer Bernie Schoenberg, and with me by the wonder of the telephone, Doug Finke, our State House Bureau guy. Doug, welcome. Glad to be here, Bernie. You know, we are uh, less than two weeks away from the March 17th primary. Uh, Our governor has yet to say who he's for, but lots of people are lining up behind Joe Biden. And and Bernie Sanders is still in there, which I always do a double take because Bernie's a really funny political name. But um, any thoughts about what's going to happen in Illinois? Um, It's going to be a obviously a two-man race because the rest of the field has pretty much melted away in the wake of the Super Tuesday results. And... uh, uh, prior to that, the uh, results in South Carolina. So uh, as we thought uh, it was uh, going to happen, uh, the field is whittled down, and uh, we'll see if that has any effect on turnout. Uh, um, maybe uh, somebody's favorite candidate is no longer running, and whether that uh, causes people to stay home rather than come out and vote for an alternative, uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, you know, I talked to John Shaw, who runs the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute. They had done this uh commissioned a poll that came out a while ago, uh, which had Bernie Sanders in a slight lead, I think 22%, something like, you know, 17 or 18 for Biden at that time. But that was taken uh, in earlier uh, February, like February uh, 11 to 17, I think. And and Mr. Shaw said, you know, everything has changed. Everything has been upended. I think I've heard more than one person on TV and also at a uh, Democratic Party meeting that uh, I attended uh, to watch in Springfield in Sangamon County. Uh, some longtime observers were saying they've never seen a turnaround like what Super Tuesday brought to Joe Biden winning 10 out of 14 states and Bernie Sanders winning four when he was supposed to be on a roll and moving forward so that Congressman James Clyburn in South Carolina and a very overwhelming win in South Carolina uh, leading up to uh, other can- Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar endorsing Biden. And now it looks like uh, our friend Greg Hines of uh, Crane Chicago Business was reporting as we do this, this conversation that Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, is going to endorse Biden as well. So it's interesting moves as we, yeah. as we go. Right, and the other thing is going to be what kind of presence uh, Sanders and, and Biden have in the state. Uh, there are reports out now that uh, Biden has uh, bought some TV time in uh, Chicago, although it doesn't amount to a whole lot, but it's still uh, something. Uh, his wife is scheduled to uh, uh, speak to the... Uh, 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 Education uh, Association, is it? Right, um, mm-hmm. in Chicago yep. on Friday... And uh, Sanders is scheduled to uh, uh, do a couple of campaign appearances, one in Rockford, one in uh, uh, the I, other I, location. I think it's Chicago. I think it's uh, Grand believe, Park. Yeah, yeah. in or, or near uh-huh. uh, Chicago. So, uh, you know, uh, whether that picks up uh, as the uh, primary gets closer, uh, we'll see. Uh, it's a Democratic state, uh, so it's just a race between those two, uh, and it probably uh, – in the fall, whoever the Democratic nominee is uh, uh, will probably also carry the state, uh, one would presume. So uh, that depends on what, well, if they think they have to spend time here or they can just uh, basically uh, coast. Yeah, uh, Treasurer Mike Frerichs, uh, uh very prominent Democrat, uh, had, had been for Elizabeth Warren. She dropped out of the race uh, just a few hours ago uh, as we taped this. And... Uh, 
you know, he basically said he had the honor of working along. He's disappointed <laughs> and heartened she is still a fierce fighter in the U.S. Senate for fundamental change our country needs. So, and uh, as we now talk, Warren has not decided if she is endorsing anybody else. She and Bernie were kind of arguing a, a couple weeks ago about, you know, if if he said to her, it was a he said, she said, she said that he had said a woman couldn't run, win for president. And he absolutely denied it. So they've had a, a bit of their personal conflict, but we'll see how this resolves as time goes on. Yeah, and politically, uh, you would have to say that her uh, views are more in line with Sanders, uh, uh, even though he made those remarks about her. So that's the question then is uh, whether she throws her support behind him or again uh, Biden. Yeah, or or stays out of it and lets her people decide. But. We'll, we'll find out soon. Um, we talked about the Simon poll. Uh, the thousand people who were interviewed ha- had also uh, been asked about some issue questions. Uh, those have been rolling out from uh, the Institute. And one of the uh, findings was that 65% of those asked uh, support a graduated income tax, uh, which is going to be on the ballot in November in Illinois, uh, although we have not yet seen all of the advertising pro and con that is sure to hit the airwaves, particularly late summer and headed toward November. Yeah, and that's really key because uh, the advertising drives uh, any kind of political contest anymore. Uh, whether it's a, a race for an office or the question of putting the constitutional amendment, uh, uh, add or, uh, an amendment to the Constitution. And, uh, you know, Pritzker has been out there uh, to some degree. Uh, you know, he touts uh, the need for this. Uh, other supporters have been out there. Uh, it's been, uh, the opponents have been largely quiet uh, up to this point. And, Probably with good reason, because it's kind of early in the process to uh, uh, start uh, uh, getting too. Uh, yeah, too. Motiv- pardon. No, yeah, getting too intense about yeah, your right, message right. so it doesn't yeah. get stale. I guess. Um, yes. I mean, people tire of campaigns uh, at all levels, obviously, and this is another one. If you uh, start bombarding people too early, they might just tune it out completely. Yeah. Well, it will be interesting to see also if legislators put any other questions on the ballot uh, in November. There's still time for that. There's been an effort by Local 150 of operating engineers, uh, which is very politically active and obviously pro-union as a union, uh, and they would like a kind of uh, constitutional amendment, you know, anti-right to work, making sure that we don't become a right to work state where people are, uh, you know, allowed not to join unions in uh, in all situations or, you know, they restrict uh, block it, blocking what unions can do and who they can sign up. Um, and, and, and clearly Prisker, I think, wants the, this to be a, just a one-issue uh, amendment. You know, He wants the graduated tax in there, uh, not distracting people with other amendments that they have to plow through and, uh, and consider. So I think his uh, desire is to just have the, the graduated tax on there. This is going to be an interesting uh, situation for... Democrats who control the General Assembly because they would ultimately decide if uh, uh, this uh, amendment that's backed by the unions gets on. And, of course, they are uh, supported by unions, and they uh, uh, tend to try to uh, support union causes. So uh, they might be caught in an interesting dilemma. Indeed. Um, Governor uh, gave a uh, has been giving rather regular updates on coronavirus. Uh, there Which he should be credited for, I think, just side here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's refreshing that he's been out there uh, as much as he has. 
which is sometimes a departure from what public officials do in in uh, uh, situations like that. So uh, I give him a shout out right. for well, the fact he's doing these regular updates. Well, he was with the public health director and the director of the emergency management agency at his office, uh, telling reporters about that fifth case and about um, you know no time for panic, still l- l- low situation. Um, it's not exactly yeah low risk to to the average person on the street uh but the latest case is somebody who was uh, i guess had been to italy and is in their 20s so that's a that's a different kind of a situation so um yeah the people who have contracted it in illinois really so far have been uh older uh, yeah the first four were in their 60s and 70s right right um uh, but again it's it's five cases out of a state of uh what, 11, 12 million people, so... Uh, we haven't lost that many. I think we're close to 13, <laughs> but anyway. Oh, okay, well... Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, okay, well, moving on, and we hope that that situation doesn't get worse, but uh, the governor does seem to be intent on being out front on it and uh, hasn't hasn't hyped it a lot, but has been giving people information, so we'll see where that goes. Um, there are some Republican lawmakers who are pushing, and I, I believe you uh, were in on a news conference uh, for property tax reduction, and they want several measures. Of course, they are in the minority. Any any hope of any of that, and what do they want to do? Well, there, I, I would say that there's probably not a whole lot of hope of their particular ideas getting on, because even if the Democrats think uh, they, uh, the Republicans have some good ideas, uh, some Democratic lawmakers will probably appropriate them and put their own name on it if we get to some kind of uh, uh, tax relief package. The, their complaint uh, basically is that uh, the Democrats don't seem to be moving on anything at this point uh, for property tax relief. Um, if, and it's something, it's something the governor has said all along. He wants to, you know, foster. Right. Uh, and to go back just a little bit, uh, last spring when the, the, the legislature was poised to uh, vote to put this graduated income tax amendment on the ballot, a couple of Democratic lawmakers, including Sam Yingling from Grays Lake, uh, said that uh, they would withhold their votes if they didn't get some action on property taxes. So they cut a deal to uh, form this commission, uh, to look into ways of uh, to make recommendations for legislation to address the property tax issue. Um, that commission uh, 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 loaded itself to 80 members, you know, nearly half the entire General Assembly, so it was unwieldy to begin with. They missed a deadline to produce a final report. They did a draft report, uh, but at this point they still have an issue to final one. Uh, Yingling blames the Republicans because they pulled out without signing the final report. Uh, nonetheless, um, it's an issue that cuts cross party lines. I mean, Democrats and Republicans alike are fed up with uh, high property taxes. And uh, at this point, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of a movement. Yingling said that he is uh, talking to individual law or other lawmakers and still hopes to come up with some kind of uh, relief package that can be uh, passed by the end of the General Assembly's uh, spring session in May. We will see. Um, right. I'm, I'm still thinking they'll do something to at least say they did something, even if there will be arguments that it's not enough. Right, right. 
So um, also the the Illinois Municipal League, uh, which represents you know hundred hundreds of cities across the state, uh, or is it thousands? I guess, or more than a thousand. Um, a lot. Yeah, they want um, more money to go to local governments and have another list of needs and wants from the General Assembly, and uh, a, a key one being uh, more of income tax revenue because I guess cities used to get ten percent, but now it's uh, less than seven, and and in the individual tax, it's less than six. Yeah, I mean, this is a deal that goes back to the origins of the uh, state income tax. Uh, the uh, and They could have authorized individual cities uh, to, to impose their own local income tax. Uh, that happens in Indiana, by the way, uh, the, the local governments can impose their own income tax. Uh, they nixed the idea here in, in Illinois. Uh, but the stipulation was that local government should get 10% of all the income tax revenue that the state collects. Well, uh, that fell by the wayside uh, several years ago when the state was going through one of its financial crises. Uh, when it raised the income tax uh, rate most recently, uh, they did not up the amount to 10% that the local governments get. So consequently, uh, as you said, it's uh, uh, less than that that they're currently getting. And local governments, cities in particular, need the money. Uh, they're stretched like everybody else's at this time. And uh, so that was one of their uh, pleas this last week is, uh, you know, give us the money that was promised in the first place. Uh, the other part of that was, uh, for, as part of the governor's budget proposal, uh, he said that if uh, uh, the graduated income tax does not pass uh, this fall, uh, local governments are going to get even less money out of the uh, the, the income tax, so they were making a pitch, you know, <laughs> don't do that to us on top of everything. All right. So, well, the one thing you can say is everybody in the legislature represents cities and towns, so they care. It just kind of depends uh, what the competing interests are and how strong the, the governor's office is and, you know, holding the line and kind of where the majority wants to go. Yeah, and we've got one very big city in the state that uh, has some financial issues, too, so... Maybe their clout will prevail in the end. We'll see. All right. And uh, the official recommendation came out from the uh, Attorney Registration Disciplinary Commission Disciplinary Commission this week that recommends disbarring Rod Blagojevich. But from what I read, he's not exactly fighting that, noting that he hasn't really practiced law in a long time uh, and, uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't understands that uh, being a convicted felon, even though his sentence was commuted by the president, he was not pardoned. He's still a convicted felon. And, uh, you know, it, it fits that uh, the Supreme Court will probably follow up with disbarring. Uh, so if you need a good attorney, Doug, you can't go there. Well, uh, the, the thing is, of course, Rod has this brand new career that's uh, taking off uh, like gangbusters. So cameo, cameo. Off. Yes, you can buy a greeting from ha- – have the governor read a greeting to you, to, to a friend of yours for – oh, I guess the price range goes from maybe in the 30s to 60 or $100 or something. Yeah, and, it's uh, – and it's not just friends. You could uh, have one of those greetings sent to one of your enemies, too. I would and apparently that happened over in Champaign County where a prominent Republican uh, got involved in a Democratic race for county board by having the governor do an endorsement of one of the candidates, which was <laughs> not wanted and looked bad upon. And somebody thought it should be listed as a political contribution to the other person. So uh, as he probably likes, the governor, the former governor is getting in the news again. 
Well, we'll we'll try not to keep too much of an eye on that, but that will do it for this week's episode of Under the Dome. We'll be back next week with more on the latest in Illinois government. Until then, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks for listening. For uh, Doug Finke at the State House, I'm Bernie Schomburg. Take care. Thank you.